You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. You're listening to Footy Prime, the broadcast, a broad perspective of all things footy. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. We've got some cool cat in the green room. Now she's live. Did I, I forgot my sunglasses. <laughs> was that this, part of the plan? This room is so bright. <laughs> about to get a lot of crow's feet in this in podcast <laughs> oh my god crow's feet don't talk to me about crow's more. feet more crow's feet i should say more, <laughs> more. i saw my brother-in-law yesterday so i'm back home for a few days and i was like on no sleep like friday oh man. yeah and then overnight on the on the games yeah I can't remember what day we were on Saturday and like slept a little bit on the on the plane, drooled a little bit. Like it was it oh, was man. it was something. And I saw my brother in law and he was like, You look terrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank you for pointing thank you for drawing it to my attention, but I am aware. Thank you. Though. <laughs> I love that. I love nothing, that. Nothing like family. <laughs> no, I know. When you already feel yeah. horrible. You're like, cool. Thanks. Yeah, just confirmed. Yeah, yeah. So, cool, cool, cool. So I'm just going to cool. let everybody know who we are before we get any further, because I always forget to do this. So I'm Amy Walsh. Rian yes. Wilkinson is also here. This is Footy Prime, the broadcast. And we have a special guest today from Iceland. We have Erin McLeod. Hello. Thank you so for having just, me. She's pointing cool to her cat. own name. Cool cat. She's pointing to Cool Cat. The description. Well, just in case the viewers don't know. <laughs> oh, everyone's aware. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Cat's out of the How bed. Are you doing? Um, I did you like that? Um, I'm good. A funny story, actually. The moment I left. Okay, you know because you did like all nighters, and I don't know if it's that funny, but I traveled home at night. I didn't know how exhausted I was until I got off the plane and I, I got back and I was so happy to be home. And then I caught COVID. Oh, well, I, it's it's not totally confirmed, but is whatever that I had. Is the funny part of your story? Is that the no, funny part? I, I think you haven't gotten to it yet. You're like, where is your sense of humor? <laughs> the, I, I passed it on to my partner. Oh. who, And then we played a game like three days later, which for a goalkeeper to like run a mile, not a big deal. But Gunny ran like, 13 kilometers and after the game she looks at me she's like we gotta go something's wrong <laughs> I'm like oh my god and she gets says it's like she's sick as a dog so we've been like our my week of vacation has just been trying to get my health back and but I managed oh, no. to see one and a half soccer games in between trading and the schedule and 
Um, so you're like, let's chat about the games. I was like, yes, I've seen some of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You've yeah. had life to get back to, and you had COVID to bring back to your entire team in Iceland. That's <laughs> right. That's you right. Had I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> I've been very busy. Yeah. Patient zero. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's been great. I'm, I'm happy to be back. I am happy to be training. Again, I, I played after my fifth knee surgery and, you know, uh, didn't really do any, I did some rehab obviously. And then was just doing the, the run, the little loop around the TSN village there. Um, village. It's not a village. You make it sound quaint and cute. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't run into any, uh, what are those, uh, kind of like foxes, coyotes. I didn't really, uh, <laughs> right. name the animal. Anyway, um, I know this has nothing to do with what I'm here for, but I just, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been no. nice to be back. Let, let to me nice training. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is yeah. But this is why the people, I think this is, this is why I love other podcasts. Like people that are tuning in for some soccer knowledge and some, some chit chat, you know, That's to true. try to get an idea of, of upcoming games or maybe a different look or insight to the games that they watch themselves to see if they align. But mostly they're here for this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I tune into podcasts. I want to know all about you jogging around TSN studios in Scarborough, avoiding the coyotes. And I want to know about your travels and everything yeah. like that. There are also mice. So just, you know, watch out. <laughs> I would just, those are the, those almost got me, but I didn't Mice, mice or rats, Aaron, I think. Uh... I'm not sure. It moved, it moved very quickly. Uh, I wasn't able to see the whole body, but yeah. but for anybody who doesn't who doesn't know, this is this is Aaron McLeod of Aaron McLeod of Canadian soccer lore. Like you're a big fucking deal, right? Oh. <laughs> this oh, is Aaron McLeod. I, I just want to say so between I'll say the three of us, there there are four Olympic medals on this podcast currently. I contributed none. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I would I would argue that's not true. Oh, no, stop. We're, we're talking about you. So I think Aaron and I would, would agree with that. Yes, that yeah. Contributed to part all of it. Of yeah. It's not your fault. Our program was uh, not well enough set up yet, but... This is not the direction I was wanting to go in. <laughs> Let's talk about Amy. Please, Do you want to talk please, first, Rian, Don't Amy? feel badly for me, please. <laughs> Rian, two Olympic bronzes right? In London and in Rio. And then Aaron, you were as part of the bronze medal winning team in London and then the gold medal, gold medal winning team in Tokyo, correct? That's right. Yes. My bronze from Rio is starting to oxidize. It does look kind of gold in the right light though. So oh. I, have been, I have been telling, it's got green in another light though. So it's, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, it's the, par green. the parliamentary roofs. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know probably. what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I love that. And then now, Aaron, you're continuing to play. So you and Gunny are, are playing in Iceland. Yeah, it's wild. Actually, um, I'm a huge Colombia fan now. Uh, I was, I've absolutely loved watching them. Ramirez, I will be playing against Ramirez because she plays for oh, Levante yes. in Champions League, which is That's wild. We're going to get creamed, but it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm still playing. I cannot believe I'm still playing, but um, I, I still I still love it. And uh, honestly, I think I'm just I feel like I'm just coaching, but I'm also playing in the back, you know, um, just a nice way. It's honestly yeah. feeling, my 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 thing for people get involved with other players retirement. It's no one's business when they retire. And if someone is yeah. enjoying the game and still has a role to play on the team they're playing for, whatever that role is, play for right. as long as you can. It's it's a yeah. weird feeling. I know Amy's, we've talked about it, but when you're done, you're done. It's a very strange thing that that part of your life is, is over and it's exciting in a new way. And I heard the other day, it's not retirement. You're changing careers. You're changing yeah, jobs. True. You don't retire when you leave another job, but you're changing careers. And that's, it's challenging in its own way. And if you're still yeah. enjoying it and still contributing, good for you. Keep, keep it up. I do. I do love it. And I don't know, there's something like <laughs> exhilarating about like, blocking a, a 20 year old you know what I mean like when I'm like doing a save or a top you know, <laughs> you're, like, you're yeah. also nuts I think Amy and I can uh, agree you're crazy yeah <laughs> but I it things just change right like what why you play change and I, I I can tell there's more space opening up in my life um it's amazing how much space this has occupied in my life for so long but mm. um I think too just um 
yeah, my priorities are shifting and, but it's still like, it's a thing that I get to do. It's, it's more like, uh, like self-love every day. I get to go like kick a ball around and feel good. And like my keeper coach is, uh, he, he's old school. And, uh, so mentally I have to show up every single day and I love that, you know, like it's kind of like the relationship is totally different. And, uh, I still get nervous every game. And like, I love that. It's, it's like, this like romantic way to play in my last. I actually, my contract's at the end of next season. I thought it was uh, over this season. So <laughs> surprise. Uh, you were the commitment. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was reading the contract to get back into Iceland. And I was like, wait a minute. November, yeah, the fact you didn't know that. This contract is thicker than I thought. <laughs> There's it was, four it was, pages. It was <laughs> double-sided and she didn't know. God. Yeah. But, but the cool thing about it is it's less of a time commitment here. So I'm still able to, uh, I'm able to apply a lot of the mindfulness stuff that I'm doing with a lot of teams and like living proof and be like, ah, don't try that. Or, you know, like give it a go. It could, you know, um, but, uh, but it's also given me a different appreciation that I've got to do this for so long. And with my role with Halifax, like it's interesting. People always say like sports for everyone. And I think maybe naively as like, um, a white person from a middle-class family, like saying it's for everyone is, is true once you get there. But, um, now this role that I have as an EDIA consultant with Halifax, like, uh, you got to get your foot in the door. And I've had the honor of working with a lot of athletes with intellectual disabilities, uh, for the BIPOC community, um, newcomers, um, just, you're just, I'm starting to recognize more and more. And we talked about Benzina nonstop about her being the first woman to wear a sports hijab at this world cup. And um, we just, there's so many barriers that we don't think about that. I don't think about a lot of, because of, uh, you know, my perception of um, sport and everything, but now I'm recognizing that it's not, that's not really true, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so on the one regard, I get to do what I love, but then I am also I, I'm reminded every day that I, I get to do this and what a privilege that is. And, what am I going to do with that privilege every day? Am I going to make sure that other people are going to have access? So I'm in this like very, like, I'm, I'm again, really grateful. Um, and I'm sore every day. I'm sore every day. <laughs> Me too, Erin. And all I do is get out of bed. So every day. You. <laughs> I'm like, like remarkable hikes. And we're going to get that in a second. Yes. I just want to interrupt you, Erin, but everything you're saying there is so interesting. And it's taking me back to what Rian was saying right off the top about reframing things and like not saying, okay, well, you're not necessarily retiring. It's like a career shift or, and have you found through your injuries, they've had multiple injuries, but recently like a a surgery and then coming back from that, that it's forever sort of reframing things and and meeting yourself where you are and then your work and tying it in with all the great work you're doing with Halifax and all this other contract work with your mindfulness and the EDI and how you take those lessons and reframe it for yourself, still toiling away, like still playing and right. does it make it more challenging for you or does it make it easier for you to approach the day to day? And because that's very much what it is, right? It's like, okay, yeah. today, this is what I need to do. And I need to be fully committed to my, to my role in the field in between the sticks. How can I make myself better? But then right. also applying that to everything beyond that. Yeah. Like, uh, does it make it an easier thing for you? Or is it more difficult because of your awareness of all the different issues and maybe your inherent bias and privilege? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of words. That is, however yeah, you want to answer that. Very fancy, that question. But I, um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think to be honest, when I look back at my, you know, a lot of people talk about my injuries and I actually think they were the the biggest blessings in my career because up until probably my, like my second big injury, I thought my, my entire worth, who I was, my entire identity was this soccer player. And, and then to have it like pretty like stripped of that, you know, uh, my last marriage, uh, like, fell apart because a lot of that was because of who I was. And, and so like, I I went through a few times, like feeling like I really lost everything. And it was uh, the most rewarding thing because it made me like reframe the way I looked at my life and recognize like I had, you know, at that time I had like healthy parents. I had, you know, my, I was talking to my family constantly. I was, I had so many wonderful people in my life. I, I had my health. I mean, I, I do remember at one point I had tarsal tunnel, a tarsal tunnel syndrome in both my feet, which meant like I could not walk. 
going through divorce, like I just felt like literally I was at the bottom and, and that's actually like where I found my most peace. I figured out who I was without sport, which was like, um, and also but that, like that this, thing, just that sentence is, yeah. I mean, as athletes retiring or even you're, you're in your career living the highest of highs, yeah. a lot of athletes don't know who they are haven't found their true selves because it's been so tied up in other people's expectations or other people's perception of yourself as the athlete. So that must've been something to be at simultaneously at the lowest of lows, but also have such clarity on who you were. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, um, it's interesting because this, the thought of being lost doesn't scare me anymore. It's actually like, um, and you talk about reframing. It's like, it's a rebirth. It's like you're evolving. And for that, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because you, you know, the moment you're like, it's weird because you have to be like happy with where you're at, but not like stuck with where you're at. And I, I think for me, when I recognized I was so much more, I always derived all of my worth from playing. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, figure out who you are was one thing, but then like, um, what I really wanted to do with my life. And so I think I actually, when I showed up um, in sport, I, my, my, like, I wanted to make people around me better. I came up with, you know, I read Simon Sinek's book and I was like, you know, what's my why? And, and I lived it, you know, and, and I don't know if I would have done that if I had been healthy my, my whole career. And I think that's probably why I also am still playing because as a, as a coach, I mean, both of you know, as a coach, when you see a player, like something clicks and you help them to get there, or when you see someone off the field, like that appreciation to be better than they were before and to like help that process, that's the most, for me, the most fulfilling thing, or even giving someone an opportunity that wouldn't have had the chance to play before. And now they're surrounded by a group of people, a new group of people, a new challenge. Um, so I think my motivations have definitely changed, but I all like, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for the sport because I've had my biggest highs, my biggest lows. Um, but I think understanding that you can be totally lost. Um, every time I get that feeling now, I'm like, okay, this something awesome is going to happen because you have to, I think you have to get lost a little bit to figure out who you truly are. And when you're like, and you can never really be set with who you are. Like, I say all the time, I'm still figuring out who I am. And people are like, you're 40. And I'm like, yeah. And I hope I'm figuring out who I am until the day that I die. I, Aaron, I, I, it's amazing. I'm sure Amy is the same as me. Like different things are hitting. I read something yesterday um, by Dan Carter, who was one of the greatest all blacks to ever play the game. And he talked about his career ending in a way he didn't expect it to. And that <laughs> the season got canceled in Japan. And then he like his little kid or one of his kids said like, well, why are you sad? And he said, oh, my season got canceled. He's like, so you're not leaving. You get to stay home. And Hmm. it was this reminder. And you're talking about an individual journey and all three of us, different times on the national team, probably connected to that. This is bigger than us. This legacy piece, leave the game better. Like you can hear teams talking about that now because we've figured out that actually when you have a bigger, broader focus, it gives you much more perspective However, right. there's always the singular individual battle happening right under the surface. Yeah, and when things like that happen, you revert back to the singular. And it almost takes that reminder of looking back and be like, well, what did I set out to do? There was this individual achievement part, but also you had mm-hmm. to be part of a team. You had to fit your individual achievements within a team so that it was successful. And that's when you talk about legacy and all these pieces. Yeah, And the game is so much better for having the two of you part of it, right? I, I think of, like, Sinclair's a wonderful example. Whatever she chooses to do in the future, like, this tournament was not how she would have liked it right. to go or any Canadian would have wanted it to go. But if you right. look at her her impact on the game, and she will many years from now look back and be like, she could not have done more and continue mm-hmm. to do more to make sure that this game is is better because she played it. And you're yeah. a big part of that as well. And Kaylin uh, yeah. Sheridan says it all the time, like getting to <laughs> be on the team with you, her idol. And for so that, yeah. that gold, it, it, it is amazing because you're, you're talking about an individual experience, but then as soon as right. you're able to take a breath and look back more globally, you shared a field, you were on a team with a goalkeeper right. that, um, that 
verbalizes whenever possible the impact that you've had on her life. And the reason she plays starting goalkeeper now for Canada was because um, yeah. she was watching you and listening to you. So it's, it's pretty pretty yeah. uh, amazing to listen to your journey like that. Well, I think what's been what I was really grateful for for being in Toronto was um, and I know it was like a devastating uh, tournament for the team and I'm like not going to um, tiptoe around that. Um, and more so when you've been there, you know, when you we get to a, a, a tournament and you don't actually get to perform like the way that you know how to perform, that's almost for me more devastating because yeah. you'd rather lose playing your best game than, than not really show up, you know. But for me, what was unbelievable is, and I'm probably not going to make it through this podcast without crying, but um, is walking downtown Toronto. Like I'm, I was running at like 1.30 in the morning, Um <laughs> Away, the, away from people or you were out for rats. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of trailers. So I was, I was running very fast. No, but it's good. You know, <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. We're goalkeeper. Get my heart rate up. Anyway, <laughs> I'm running downtown and I run by CIBC and it's like lit up with our players. Right. And I go down the next block and it's like, you know, and I, I, I've, you know, I can memorize every BMO commercial with Julia Grosso on it, or, you know, Ashley Lawrence on the, all the Adidas commercials. And I'm like, Again, it's going to be hard for me not to cry, but I'm like, this, this Amy is what you've done. This Rian is what you've done. Like that all of these things have got us to this point, you know? And like, it's, it's, it's wild. And everyone's like, oh, women's sports so amazing. And I'm like, we've been saying this, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, everyone's getting, you know, when you like find a musical artist that you like love and nobody knows and you're like, you're like, do I want everyone to know about it? You know? And then like everyone is like obsessed with that artist and you're like, see, I told you. And you know, like that's how I feel like women's sport is right now. I'm like, yes, it's totally amazing. But like walking down the streets, like every person that's been on this national team had contributed to those posters. You know, I'm flying out of Toronto and there's literally like live side posters of the whole team. And I almost like almost did a double take because I thought they were in the airport. And, um, and I was just like, this is how far we could talk about the Federation and CSB, all that other stuff. But regardless of, of whether the Federation or all those other things have been on board, this is what these groups of women um, and gender diverse individuals on our teams have done. They've done that all by themselves without very much help. You know what I mean? So like for me that, that like was inspiring going to work every day and being like, look at like what we've done. Can you imagine now what we can do? Amazing. Yeah. And what's next? But and I, I don't want to make oh. you cry again because you, you certainly did enough on air. Thank you were you unbelievable. That, by the way. that was yeah. this, for everyone who does not know, like that was your first time doing that type of thing, doing football analysis yes. on TV. And you, you were doing that like you'd been doing it for years. Oh, well, thank so you. Both you of were, you, you were, were doing so it for the first good. time and were well, both I've incredible. Done I've done it before. Not good. like that. Come well, on. Anyway, you were both we're incredible. We're talking about Aaron. <laughs> You were great and you were yourself, which is the best because I think yeah. a lot of time, even if someone's comfortable on air, they're, they're assuming something like there's a right. little bit of a mask for better or worse. Like sometimes right, it works course, for people like they assume a persona and it, it sort of gets them over that hump and you were just yourself and I just oh. loved it. Thank so you. to go back to, to Kaylin for a second, because I don't want you to like critique her or anything, but because you'd been there with her. Yes. In that goalkeeper union, was it particularly difficult for you to, to be commenting on that and to watch her have some difficulty to, to struggle? Was that more difficult because there was that personal relationship there? Totally. And, and even commenting on the team, like, you know, uh, the producers were like, Aaron, we're going to talk about Canada today. <laughs> and they like had to like, you know, take me aside, be like, emotionally, are you ready for this? And um, because they are people that I like cherish and uh, value so much. And I think it was hard you know, and I, and I had the privilege of writing Caitlin throughout the tournament. And, um, and I know, um, she's really hard on herself. Mm-hmm. So, um, I knew she didn't need anything but like support and love. And what I, I watch her and now she's playing at a world stage. And with that comes added pressure with added nerves. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I've, I dove so much into mindfulness because I would be so nervous at the beginning of games, especially I couldn't get into my groove and, um, and Kaylin will have, this will be her next, uh, she has everything that she will ever need on the field. She is already, in my opinion, light years ahead of so many goalkeepers in the world, but where she's going to uh, really grow or need to grow to show the world 
that she has all these qualities is, is dealing with, with pressure, dealing with pressure. How can you be in the moment more often, which is like, you know, really mindfulness at its heart, but people find their own ways, uh, work with sports psychologists, whatever you have your own tools. But I think, I think that was probably, that's what's hard because you watch her and you know, it, it doesn't really have to do with, with how good she is. You know, it's more like, how is she emotionally handling um, these moments? And um, I know she'll grow into it. I mean, this is her first like world event. Um, I know she'll grow in that um, and, and she'll have to grow in that. Um, Cause again, that's like the make or break. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I will say. I know like, you know, I could get into like some of the technical things and, and, and that's hard to evaluate because, you know, I'm also like a keeper coach and uh, like, I know what she could have done differently in this and that. And, um, uh, but she knows that she already knows that, you know? So I, I think, I think for her, this is her area of development and, and I hope, and I know she will go towards it like she does everything else. Um, yeah. and now she's had one and, um, and, you know, we've got a lot you know, hopefully a lot, a ton left to see of Caitlin Sheridan on the world stage. Absolutely. And she's not the only one, but it was very interesting to me uh, watching her and, and then knowing, like, Erin, we grew up playing together. Um, mm -hmm. You're a year younger than me. We, we had. Yeah, say that one more time. What was the last part? You're oh. a year younger than me. Oh, okay. Not 11 the months. Viewers. And I'm just, I'm just a few years younger than you both. So <laughs> you keep going. Go Only ahead. in love. You, you look 25. Yes. So. Oh, my <laughs> God. Get out I'll of just here. Move but... back from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Marla Hooch. Okay, go on. That's what one of the worst. <laughs> that was my nickname. I'm pretty sure that was to me. Do you remember that? Marla Hooch? Have you seen? What's that movie called? Leave of their own. No, and can you? Oh, they oh, all started calling me okay. yeah, Marla Hooch. Uh, okay, but it's funny because they like take a photo of her and she's like this in a field in the back. Because <laughs> that's how like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the nicest nickname I've ever had. I'm going to just go with that. And they Who called you that. I did not call you that. Melissa I would never call you that. Marla. And oh, then I got stopped. I started being called Janet because I was always looked like okay. I was just. Before we move on, you need to explain to the listener mm -hmm. in context okay. exactly who this Marla Hooch is and why, Rian, you were given this nickname. Well, Marla Hooch is the incredibly strong baseball player from a league of her own who was not gifted in the looks department. Oh. Why I was why I was given that nickname is because I think I was a strong soccer player who was not right. gifted in the looks department, Melissa Tancredi. Um no, she I think you're always in the background. I I think you're a babe too. Thanks. No, guys. but it's you funny because they're like advertising the team and they're all like they're doing all these like fancy things, you know, whatever. And then they're like, and Marla Hooch. And then she's like literally like <laughs> 300 meters away, and they're like, what a hitter. <laughs> it's funny. Rian's, not in the back compared. Eating, Rian's in the back eating like one of those giant pretzels, dipping it in mustard. Like, yeah. She's it like it was always a thing where I was I was wandering around. No one knew where I was, or I was really in the background, or I was doing something totally different. And then my nickname changed to Janet because in the yeah, pool or that? doing because this happened in the pool. I think we were in Mexico and everyone was doing their um, sort of recovery in the pool with Cesar sports doggy paddling. I was we, essentially we in the shallow end in a huge beach hat. Quotes, by the way, on the <laughs> podcast, and I'm like audio. Oh medium no one can see you have to but i always them. say oh, cool. and then so rian listener was just miming a dog paddle oh, yeah okay. well i would usually <laughs> look like i was not part of the crew and was just someone at the hotel doing their own thing so. <laughs> named janet janet and cesar is never last says never lasts so loud and he's the one who kept calling me that so oh, in my have to tell the people who caesar is caesar. yeah well, he's caesar. the sports scientist there right? we go oh, yeah 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 Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to go back. Yes, so let's loop it back in. Erin um, was talking about reframing stuff. So, was there a time, Rian, in, in your career, or as a player, or as a coach, where you needed to do that because of a particular challenge, or because of you know lessons you learned about yourself or about the people around you, and and you couldn't like you knew that things had changed, but you had to like move move past it for better or for worse. Yeah, well, before I got distracted by Marla Hooch, I was trying. I was saying that Aaron is the is a great mentor for um, Kaylin, for any young goalkeeper because really, you used to talk about it quite a bit, like this this part of your game where you were so good and so strong, and you just get caught in your head. And then I think in 2012, we the team just had this moment where we're like we're here. Why wouldn't we? 
it's not about what might go wrong, but it's what might happen. And it was this, that was a really big reframe for me, that tournament. We were working with a sports, he wasn't a sports psychiatrist. He was a forensic psychiatrist from New Zealand. His name was Kerry Evans. Yeah. And he would, he would say things like, like, why wouldn't you just give it everything? And, and I've heard Kaylin say that Aaron, you've said to her, like, remember to smile, just smile. Like, it is this moment in your career and it usually unfortunately happens towards the end because yeah. you've had all this experience where you're like, well, what's to lose other than just giving it everything. Yeah. And um, I think that that allowed me first to have probably one of my best tournaments in 2012, but not only mine, I think the team, I think we all, cause we were almost all the same age. Yeah. Had the same yeah. kind of moment together. We're like, well, let's just go for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also it allowed me in 2016 because I was pulled out a bit more where I had lost my starting role there. And I remember watching these young, like those young guns, like Deanne Rose, Jesse Fleming, all those players won me that second bronze. Like I was part of it. I know I had a big part to play and my leadership was huge. And Aaron got injured before that. Like there was a lot happened before, but it allowed me to really look at it and be very proud. It was, these are the moments that I think only happened when I was about 30, where I was able to zoom right out. And my whole last three years of my experience playing for Canada, because I retired from club and country at the same time was to just be able to enjoy it. And I had a wonderful last few years of my career because all the stress was gone because in my mind, suddenly it was like, well, I get to play a game. Like, what a yeah. privilege. And like, why not just give it everything? And if it's not good enough, well, sorry, but there's no, right. never anything to like, what are you stressed about? You're stressed to making a mistake. That's the worst possible attitude. Right. Be, like really excited about what might be. And that right. it took a while to come to me, that attitude. That's great. And oh, you were talking about also Aaron with Kaylin, that that piece and the margins are so slim. We've been seeing in this world cup just for success. We're talking about yeah. the collective in teams, but individuals giving you that edge and oftentimes it's with the mental and there's no better example than Mackenzie Arnold for Australia yeah in that that, and maybe talk a little bit about your impressions of that like just the penalty shootout that she she makes two gigantic saves but she also has to regroup after she misses herself yeah and and I just thought like my god like the ability and I saw her in net I mean, again, yeah. this is this is my opinion. This is my perception of her body language, of the way she looked kind of pre and post that miss. It took her, I think, a couple of shots following her own personal miss yeah. um, to sort of gather herself. But yeah. like you could almost see in real time how she overcomes it and then gets to a point where she again comes up with a big save <laughs> that gives Vine the opportunity to win it for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought she was uh, – it was cool to, yeah, watch her kind of uh, – I guess, evolve through the PKs. Um, and, and even, you know, like the callback. <laughs> yes. I like, for me, that was, for me, that's like the height of the, uh, you know, her mental fortitude or, you mm-hmm. know, just, just really like, um, I think, and kind of to your point, Rian, is kind of this like acceptance, this, um, and what resonated me with 2012 is the total acceptance of what's happening right now. And for me, that's like what I thought she did very, very well in in the PKs. Like you kind of, uh, you know, there's no struggle if, if you're in the present moment, if you're worried about what just happened. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you're worried about like, am I going to say this next one? Like that's where all of our struggle comes from. That's where our anxiety comes from, all the stress, right? So if you really want to be at 
your best. You have to exist in the moment. And that's so hard. It's so hard, especially when you so just easy made, to say, right. And, and, and she's just made this incredible save and the ref's like, you got to go again. <laughs> you know, and she's like, and I love it. And she goes again and she does it again. And I, I am like, yes. is this podcast yours, not TSN. So if you want to say, fuck, I was, you can I say, was about to say, I didn't yeah, know. I didn't know. I kind of went like half it. into it. But, lean into uh, it. <laughs> okay, good, good. No, but I, for me, that was, that was it. You know, she was like, she got back on the line and then she gave it her hundred percent again, you know, and for me, that's it. And for me, that's like, and that's why I speak about Kaylin and I, I speak about these tools like, um, and you know, and again, we could go to, with Canada or whatever, but like, I think for me, there was so much hoopla and so much noise around expectations and all this other stuff. And like, if you can be a team that just shows up and can play and be in the moment for as many moments as possible in a game, now that the women's game is so good, mm-hmm. um, that's who's going to win. And for me, Sweden has been an incredible example of that. Like, for me, I thought yes. Japan was going to run with it, right? And what I what I noticed at the beginning of the game, Japan, like they they're precise, right? They're the tempo of their passing, their precision, and you could see some of their big players and Junendo not starting, but some of their big players not making their passes yep. right from the beginning. They, they were, were a little very bit off, wasteful, like right? yeah, uncharacteristically wasteful. Yeah, totally, a little bit off in Sweden, like capitalized it on it you know that they okay they maybe missed a few passes and then they were everywhere and then and then japan never had a chance maybe in the last 10 minutes and but um i've just i've been impressed with them they've grown every game they like they played every person on that team minus one goalkeeper bless her has played right (laughs) it always happens always happens (laughs) um but anyway also say like you know and that's why i think it's it's so important and I'm a, such a big advocate for mental health but what mental health ultimately ends up teaching you for the most part is how to be in the present mm-hmm. and that is important for everything in your relationships in your life like in sport no matter what you're doing to be a highly successful person with a fulfilling life um, you've got to be in the moment and that's that's easy to say was like we said that's easy to say but it's also like when we talk about like the emotional hardships of just sport in particular, like also being in those moments, like it's also very, it's very challenging, you know, um, and to forget like how she was able to just like park that literally park it in the PKs, get the call back and, and do it, do the same thing again, do it better, to be honest, uh, the next go around. So uh, for me that like, there's been some work there. I I mean, Either she's, you know, has this mental toughness or, or she's worked a lot on that. I'm not sure, to be honest. But um, I know she's spoken a lot about her hearing, actually, and how, like, uh, she has hearing aids and, yes. um, and that she's, um, you know. But like she, was, she was resistant to she, – she suspected there were issues, but she resisted for a long time or just ignored it, didn't right. want to address it. And then finally embraced it, and it's really helped her, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. And now she's, like, you know, like uh, – it's just like now she's the first right now people can speak openly about like having hearing aids and sport and um yeah. and again like we talked about accessibility all these like little things that sometimes we don't think about because we never had to think about um mm-hmm. but it's it's amazing how uh it impacts people keeps them out of sport uh, but then also that recognition of how to get the most out of yourself um and not addressing it as like a weakness yeah it just this is how i'm going to be better so this is what I'm going to do. Amazing. My niece is hearing impaired and that's something I was showing. I think these are the, the things that people don't realize just all of a sudden something that she's so embarrassed about her two right. hearing aids, you know, but yeah. what, what, you know, the visibility that, you know, on the platform that this women's world cup gets and then a young yes. girl or boy or adult, whomever who sees mm-hmm. somebody like Mackenzie Arnold, like basically wearing a cape in those PKs. Right. Right. Um, a hero for her nation and for her team who is hearing impaired, who has, yeah. you know, visible hearing aids, like what that can do for, for somebody like that. So it's just, it's so empowering, I think. Oh it's yeah. Really and this, I mean, this World Cup has been full of just like powerful moments for me. What's been so inspiring. Like, I mean, Marta, everyone in the world respects Marta and everyone knows that name, which is amazing in itself, considering it's a very, you know, her generation, very male dominated, all that stuff. 
about what was so cool about Marta and there's maybe Sinclair, a few players that were like the young phenoms on their country, right? Maybe a couple, right? And at this World Cup, every single team, every single team has a young phenom, every team, in my opinion, you know, and you're like, and, and how does that, how does that happen? You know, and I remember like John would always say, if you're, uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And, um, you know, minus Lauren James, like stepping on someone's ass, like um, you're seeing these young people with an understanding of the game that because they've had so many more touch points because they're watching women's sports on TV. There's so many contributing factors that like we know because we've been playing. We know because like 20 years ago, we were wearing like extra large men's jerseys and soccer Saturday was on once a week and for 30 minutes. And um, you know what I mean? But, Hmm. but there's so many, all, all these other contributing factors to why these young people are so good. So for me, that's like the real progress of the game because because of that, that's the biggest shift. Anyway, when I do, also think it's. I mean, the growth of the tournament. Amy and I have talked about it earlier on another podcast. That because they expanded this tournament, all of a sudden, countries that maybe haven't put as much uh, financial backing behind these teams, these these players you're talking about, they didn't come from no nowhere. They were already right. playing in their countries, and all of a sudden, they're on the world stage now. It's it's pretty exciting. So availability, like you're talking about, so that means yeah. opportunity in their home countries. But now. By expanding the tournament, by taking it seriously, FIFA taking right. it seriously, you're seeing the opportunities and the skill level. I mean, yeah. my stepfather, who really is not super interested in the game, is so into this tournament. He loves an underdog right. story, and right. this tournament's full of them. Right. It's, it is very exciting, I think, well, for the game. Well, I- uh, well, totally. But I also think like the Federation, even, you know, like Nigeria, South Africa, you could go through the list, Jamaica, you could go through so many teams that are doing really well, I think, because they haven't really been getting the support that they want. So they've really come together and their motivations are different. But I also think that's why, you know, even why the Olympics is so important, like um, these other countries playing against and having access to like watching other federations and how they're treating their players, you know, I think that that exposure in general is also like extremely important for the development, um, uh, you know, and especially uh, like what's Canada going to do now, you know, like what are they going to do? I, I start I a have, league. I do think I think that I mean the Wanderers. Hey, I got to give a shout out to the Halifax. Yes, they the Wanderers just, just announced a semi-professional team. I think today. Maybe. Yeah, I saw it. Actually, I saw it a couple days ago. So, but that's okay. great. That's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, again, there's there's a league. There's also like, what are we going to do about this deal? You know, that is going to last twenty five billion years. And right. um, you know, there's a lot of things. And I, what I think, um, you know, everyone's going to have their opinions. But I think what we can now be absolutely one hundred percent sure of is investing in women's sports is important. Right. for society, for social change, for everything off the field and everything on the field. So that's important. How seriously are we going to take that? And yep. then what kind of strategic planning are we going to do? Like, in my opinion, where we went wrong is we treated the 2015 Women's World Cup as the conclusion of a lot of great work. For me, that should have been the start point. So this is how many people we got it. Now we're going to have a league. Now we're going to do this. That, that was should have been the beginning, yeah. in my opinion, right? Because we sold out every game. Yeah. We sold out every game in 2015. You know what I mean? So so I just think there has to be investment. There has to be strategic planning over, okay, this is what's going to happen the next 10 years yeah. from the top down. And and the people that we're putting in charge, you know, have to be the best at what they do. Not because they know people, the best at what they do. Yeah. That's how businesses work. The CSP deal that you're bringing up, I think, just this Maybe. reminder <laughs> I, yeah. that we've talked about as well yeah, yeah, this yeah. understanding that this deal is multi multi years long it all the money any sponsor trying to just put yeah. money to the women's team doesn't work right it all gets mm-hmm. spread out a lot of it goes to the cpl owners so it goes image rights tv right all of that money that you want to try and invest in women there is just it's just it's a problem. They've got, they're going to have to look at it. Well, um, it's a barrier, a hindrance to somebody actively investing in the women's team. In the women's you team. cannot do it. 
But what yeah. what Aaron said, which I think is, we missed the boat. We missed the boat a lot, many, many times. You can go back yes, to your two thousand two totally. team. So we we can't say that anymore. It's got to start. We've got to do it now. And what I love, right. and I'm biased as all heck. I think we all are. Diana Matheson is an incredible yeah. former teammate of ours who's on a mission. You keep waiting for people to do it. No one's doing it, so she's doing it. She's starting a league, and I think the best part is they're not tied into CSB. And it's a mm-hmm. way to actually invest in the women's game. And there's lots of ways to do it. That's what there's right. financial. And I think she, when she was on, she was talking about just getting promoting online, retweeting, just talking right. to people about it, buying mm-hmm. merchandise when she finally makes some. But these are right. all things you can do to help the game right now. Cause I like giving yes. an answer because right now Canada soccer is under right. a lot of strain. I don't know how it's going to work. CSB deal is, is not good. It's a big problem. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I don't think lawyers know the answer to that. Yeah, how do you get out of that? But <laughs> right now there is a way to support the women's game and that's through this, not just Project yeah. 8, although I'm sure we would, but also like you're talking about, the semi-pro teams that are available, there's women's clubs yes. in your area. Yep. There's all different ways League to support the women's teams game. that you can actively get out and support. And actually when Dee was on, she alluded to a quote by Billie Jean King and it's show up, spend money, help mm-hmm. them and ask them how you can get help. Nice. Yeah, how you can help. So I, it's, yeah. it's so important to, to do that and to, to support the women's teams that you know, the ones that are around your area and, and to get going. But like Aaron, to your point, like it's not only because it's the right thing to do, like it's no longer a charity, like that's where the exponential growth is. And that's where uh, the return on your money is. So it's no longer just because of X, Y, Z or because of, you know, equity and, and I have a daughter or I have a, a, right. a niece or something like that. It's because of what is possible. And I don't think we yet know that in Canada. And Dee spoke to that as well as the, the investors being foreign because they know, you know, that if you put your money there, that you'll get mm-hmm. return and beyond, right. you know, because they see the product in front of them and the possibilities that are, that are there. And in, in Canada, maybe we haven't really truly seen that yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the beautiful thing about like, I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm not that interested in sport. And I'm like, well, actually what sport does is it makes people work way better with others. It increases their emotional intelligence. It increases their leadership ability. Um, A lot of these athletes give back to the community. Like you're not investing in just an athlete. You're investing in human beings that are going to be leaders in the country. So if you look at it that way, like whatever way you do it, um, you know, I've yet to meet, uh, you know, a female athlete or gender diverse athlete that's not like making a difference. And I think a lot of it is as a result of so many years, like being underpaid, being, you know, whatever. So like you'll meet so many uh, whether it's former player or like retired players, current players that um, like they're brilliant. They, they've taken all these extra courses that, you know what I mean? Like they're just so You're like, amazing, Aaron. There's assholes in the women's game as well. Let's <laughs> well I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. There's tons of, tons of dicks in the women's game too. I mean, totally. come on, let's be honest. I'm totally, totally, totally. But, but Aaron's right. She's never met because she's so nice. She's so <laughs> Yeah, Marla Hooch. Aaron's little echo echo chamber is, is unbelievable. Actually, let's give people before we dive into like predictions for for the semifinals. I know you guys both have have stuff to do, and we can chat for for ages. But Aaron, when you were yes. on, you were mostly on. Well, we were on with um with Reagan Subban and Laura Dykin, and they're both brilliant. Oh yeah. But Laura, you like before your first 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 ever like game like on cam on TV, you yeah. guys you guys had a mantra, right? Oh yeah. Do you want oh, to tell the people what you're? Yeah, we'd hold each other's hands and look into, uh, and like look into each other's eyes and be like, "You're gonna crush this. You're a fucking queen." And we didn't <laughs> say that the whole time, but I just loved it. And it's brilliant because it's so authentic <laughs> and it's so you. And so yeah. Laura and I were talking like a few days later, and she's like, "You know," and it's like at like commercial break. Um, Aaron and I have a mantra. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> I was like, that is not me. Aaron knows who she is and she's true to who she is. And we're not doing that. But then like by the end, we had kind of like an ironic, funny one. And it was, and so we like clasped hands like the way that you and she did. And we're like, yeah. tell the truth without being a bitch. So see, I kind of got there anyway. And it was thanks, to, thanks to your lovely influence because otherwise we're a <laughs> bunch of like sarcastic, cynical uh, assholes. Yeah, then we have, it, you know, it, you it. that comes in. So before we, before we get yes. to the semifinals, cause Rian, we haven't heard you weigh in really. 
um, on any of the quarters. Well, I know you always weigh in, but like, I just mean about, about the games. So maybe just quickly, like what impressed you most out of the quarterfinal matchups? And then what are you looking to in the semifinals? I think we can all agree. Columbia was amazing. I mean, what a game, what a game. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really important for the game as well. And for the tournament that they don't, I heard things before the game, they're going to do some, you know, sort of like the dark arts, just staying on the ground, time wasting. I'm like, they played a beautiful brand of the game. I mean, denied by, I I was, I just really loved that game. Um, I thought the same thing you guys are talking about Spain, Japan. It was interesting. We've just talked about mindfulness and mentality and the Japanese. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, the Japanese are sort of bulletproof mindsets, but it's not, it's just under there. And I think that's almost, something culturally they're going to have to look at because they have all the talent that this team is incredible. And it's something they're not maybe talking about or speaking about. There's an underlying piece there that if they, if they fix, they're going to be unstoppable and how Sweden does not care who they're trying to impress. They do themselves. They know what they're good at. They're very clear about it. You can even call it as soon as they get into that final third and they're not too near the net. They're like, Oh, they'll get a corner kick here. They need a corner kick. You, you know what they're doing. And mm. um, just, I think they have a defender who scored four goals now. Just Amanda awesome. says, oh. yeah. I yeah. love that because of how clear you they are on their identity. Sorry. She's scored 12 goals for country now. That was the first goal that she scored that was not with her head. Oh, All of her oh, other goals no. are headers. Oh, oh, that's so that cool. cool. Yeah, cool. and Anderson's wow. been brilliant on, on the service. Like her service yes, has been absolutely, absolutely sublime. Clinical. I, that, that's what I love. I, I really love when you see teams with a real true identity. It's something that I love, like that coaching part of me. I'm like, oh, they're not trying to be anyone else but themselves. And Sweden has always done that. And yep. I'm really excited to see <laughs> how that's going to um, look in the semifinals against another technical team. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Holland, I, I don't know. They're just another team that I, I wasn't surprised they lost. Um, uh, for me, Spain, they keep rolling and the, the storyline keeps being their their coach and I kind yeah. of half hope that we just move on past that and allow the players to just um, be excited about being in the semifinals and not this side story like that's for after the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like even the camera work, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like always trying to yeah. find these extra dramas. Like awkward moments. It's true. I know, but think that before it, players were jumping in his arms on the sideline. Mm, right, and they showed right. this one where it was it was awkward. <laughs> but they did that on purpose. Everyone's right. like, trying to build a story or something. And yeah. there's a story yeah. there. And it needs yeah, to be of handled. Course there is. Spain is playing so well. And that's um, where the focus should be. Do you guys I, think I there's something so. to Pateas? Not really figuring as much as maybe we would have hoped, or is it just as simple as a player coming off an ACL maybe just wasn't quite ready to have significant minutes? I just, before we do, I just want to say that France, talk about a team, like this has been exciting. France is another team that underperforms all the tournament. This was was one where that's just home, home country. Like sometimes things don't go your way, but like that's another team who I think has really sorted out the mental side of the game. I've never seen them so connected and totally um, credit to that team and to Elve Renal and yeah. um, really love yeah. seeing them. But I'm a little bit disappointed that that's the last time we're going to see his crisp white shirt with the button. <laughs> just maybe done up just a little bit too much. You could have undone like a second or third button. But... I yeah, feel like more. he was a bit too much of a middle part though. I feel like he could have just like, someone could have put it maybe to the that's side. That's right. A just a little bit of a side swipe. Yeah. I yeah, read nicer. somewhere. I've never met anyone look more like his name. <laughs> Yes, I retweeted <laughs> that and it was so great. It was like oh for somebody who didn't know who Hervé Renard was, like if you had to sum him up, like that his picture is exactly who Hervé Renard was. 100%. Be. I was 100%. like, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, but I, I totally agree, Rhea. Like, I, I even like the high fives and even like some of the players like putting their hands up, like taking accountability is a France I've never seen before. And that's, I like, that's a good I point. wanted them to go the all, like the whole way. Like, I even remember, I can't remember what game it was. But they won and they ran to the bench first and they like just celebrated. And I was like, I've never seen that. From Such France. a connected like, never national team. Yeah. It's so it's disappointed they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Long may that continue. 
right? For sure. I think I, yeah. I wanted them to win, but I felt like that matchup, like I, I wasn't disappointed that it was Australia. No, either. Totally. No, totally. You know, I was, I was, I stayed neutral. You know, I'm sort of a fence sitter with regards to that, but yeah. so pleased for Australia. So pleased now that that's oh that narrative and what it meant to the country and to, to that team. Hmm. And uh, and their coach, I thought that um, Tony Gustafson, like he was like speaking directly in a camera. I don't know if you saw his on field interview after, I didn't see. He's like, we did this for you, like, and I was like, <laughs> wow. And he was like in tears on the sideline, and like I like Lauren oh, wow. Donaldson for Jamaica. Like Lauren was my favorite of the oh, tournament gosh, in terms of like so an on field interview I just I adored him I adored his awkward somersaults if that's what you want to call them but I just <laughs> yeah. love that he was sort of off the cuff and he was unapologetically himself totally. and um, I love that we're getting to know Tony Gustafson a little bit more yeah there was a little bit of an enigma prior. and it wasn't a smooth ride for, well he was the assistant for the U.S. for a long time I think under Jill Ellis and really loved right. by the players but his his time in Australia has not been smooth sailing they've no. had some huge losses um and they've had some weird results, and I think it's taken time, and I've, I really like they've stuck with him, and you can really see what he's been doing. And this this matchup coming up is exciting. I think England lost to them 2 nothing a couple months ago. That's right. And that's their, I their watched first, that game, yeah. yeah. That, was, it, that was their first loss under Wiegmann, was it not? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure, but I know it was their first loss in many, many games. Yeah. Um, and so these these two teams going to be uh, pretty exciting, and I, and I really do think that uh, it's really down to the coach and just sticking with him and him sticking with his players. And that's again, you talked about France, that unity. They've got the country behind them. They look really confident. They've had a few wobbles, right, coming through the group. They have had some adversity, and now yeah. um, I just think they're just so connected and riding a wave that is going to change the landscape of of football in not only Australia, but all those, that area. And I, and then, you know, Absolutely. you can whine about time zones all you want, but it is being exposed to a group of, of countries that haven't had the, the privilege of being sort of like the first consideration with TV times. Right. I think it's going to blow up the game for women out there. Uh, How about there. that person, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this on, on Twitter, but it was a flight and it was somebody taking um, oh my God. a video of everybody it. on their screens. And yeah. it was everybody watching. It was like the, the, the 10 seconds prior to Vine yeah. winning it for Australia. And there's a lone, stubborn person in the middle <laughs> who's was... watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I know. And looking around like whatever was celebrating. I, I, love, I love that we all saw that person. I didn't know it was Lord of the Rings. But I was thinking like how scary it would be that the whole plane erupts and yelling. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It was terrific. But yeah, what an impact that'll have. I mean, it's all, they're already a magnificent sporting nation. A totally. You know, and they've supported women's sports for a long time, but they've always backed sports for all the yeah. reasons you mentioned, Aaron, for everything it can bring you sort of off the field. But uh, yeah. just, just fabulous for them. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, what are you guys yeah. thinking then? Do you think who has the edge in that semifinal with Australia versus England? Why don't you go, Aaron? Because you haven't really weighed in. Uh, yeah, so for me, oh, it's tough. Like, I want Australia to keep going. Um, yeah. I think England is, they're a good squad. Um, you know, I i mean, I love Wigman. I, lo I love the way she coaches. But I, I do think they are susceptible defensively. And they do have these kind of like, uh, yeah, just kind of these moments. I don't know if it's arrogance. I, don't, I can't pin it down where they just seem almost like, um, it's happened a number of times. They kind of seem surprised. <laughs> by the competition being so good. Um, you know what I mean? And what I find with Australia, like their flow, their, um, you know, I know Sam Kerr was like all anyone talked about at the beginning, but I think like for me, like I think Mary Fowler, I've been, I, there's a lot of players. I think he was brilliant, brilliant against yeah. opponents. Yeah. And, and they haven't, um, yeah, it's nice that now they've added Sam Kerr to the mix. Like, Fantastic. You know, that must but, be nice, right? Just <laughs> we just fun. got the best striker in the world. We're just going to throw it in the mix. Yeah. Now. But I think the fortitude and Arnold, you know, like I just think they're, um, they're connected and it's interesting because I remember the 2015 world cup and like, uh, you know, like it, it can impact you in, in so many ways, but I think the home field advantage as like, they've got extra wind in their sails and I think if they can like score early and run with it I think emotionally like the capacity of the I don't want to say it like that I, I think England would have a tough time dealing with that because I think um and I know I'm just talking more like mindset but just the way that I've seen them kind of react to uh to struggle and adversity on the field I'd be interested to see how they react to that on top of 
uh, you know, a sold out crowd that's not cheering for them. So that was my long winded way of saying, I hope Australia gets through. Um, but I think it'll come down to like, if someone scores early, that'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I think it'll be a tie. I think it'll go to PKs and I think England will win, but I, I want Australia to win. Yeah. For the, yeah. And that, that hurts me to say, but also um, the reason I say, I think Russo's scoring now, like she's, yeah. now we've got someone off the mark. I think that, um, uh, Kira Walsh is finding a rhythm again. Like she mm-hmm. had that injury yeah. set out. Yeah. Like she she looked really good. And, Georgia Stanway. And Stanway was great. Stanway, really yeah. lately, like that box to box midfielder. Yeah. And I like that they went behind. I like that they went behind last game because yeah. that isn't something they're used to. And right. it was a knockout game and just how they stuck to process. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think because they've had that kind of, uh, it's good to have seen that they can, they can keep going. They can bounce playing. back. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're, you know, they've played, in big stadiums before, I think it will be a, a crowd they're not used to that energy. So that's something they're right. going to have to to play with. But I do think that they'll like. There's a bit of luck, obviously, in PKs yeah. as well as wonderful technique and all that. And and they of they course. used a lot of it last game. Really. So I <laughs> yeah. think I think it'll be a really close game, probably a tie. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to PKs as well with England. Interesting. Yeah. And and do you guys see Sweden to come back to them? And we'll finish there. Do you see them using the same sort of setup? to sort of stifle and prevent attacks down the middle, push Spain more to the outside of the field, the way that Rolfa was really tucking inside with Aslani and preventing that attack through the spine? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it <laughs> works. Like, oh, yes. Yes. I don't think they change much, Sweden. I mean, they, they know who they are. That's what – but I, yeah. I think Spain will win because a lot of those players play in Spain for top teams and they're mm-hmm. used to playing – they're used to playing teams that sort of really narrow space. They try and force you wide. That's that's not something they're unfamiliar with. Um, they'll be susceptible to set plays like all the teams they play. But I, I think Sweden, um, th- so strong defensively, but they're playing against now like one of the expert teams at breaking down really tight, tight blocks in front of the net. So I think they'll have some success there. You're, so you, who do you think is going to win? Spain. Yeah. I'm going to say Sweden. I know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Sweden's like just tougher. Like defensively, I think, yeah, I agree with, but I thought like it was similar with like Japan and for me and Spain are not, they're, they're different, but they're, they're, they're similar precise passing. Mm-hmm. Like they're very good at like overloading the width. So I, I'm interested to see like, why would they change the game plan? It was successful and they're a bit more physical than Spain. I don't know. And I think they've come second place so many times that they're just like, yeah, cannot do yeah. this again. I don't even care who wins that game that I really like both of them. I yeah, think of course. The, the drama Amy was talking about, like whether the coach isn't playing players for injury or like, for me, it is an injury that she's coming back from. Right. Um, okay. but that's my interpretation. Who knows what's going on? We'll yeah. find out about it later, but it's just, I love what you're saying. Like if Sweden wins, I'm really excited for them. I think that they yeah. have every opportunity. I think they're a bit taller, a bit better on crosses than, than Japan. Yeah. Japan had that one way to attack. I think yep. like, uh, Spain has a, a few extra weapons in that way. They're not as good at the precise passes. It's like a tiny right. bit you give somewhere, you gain somewhere else. Uh, right. Sweden's been brilliant. It's another close game. That's true. Mm-hmm. I think Bonmati is better when Puteas is not on the field. I agree. But a shout out to holding midfielders because um, Cooney Cross and Gorey have been mm-hmm. masterful for yeah, Australia and uh, for for Sweden. Um, who were there two? Rubinson and and Angle. Uh, yeah, Angle. Angle. Well, Angle Doll. They both they the, yeah. they that those kind of double pivots or like deeper lying midfielders have been very very good and not something that yeah. you necessarily um, hear. You know, you don't hear their names as often. No, no. There's no, there's no glory. No one there. cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the no. center backs, you often yeah. don't hear also. And yeah. also that was Rian there uh, talking her way out of the fact that she she called Sweden as the winner there. She's like, oh, I'm happy with whatever, but sorry, Rian. <laughs> Aaron didn't even give an answer for England-Australia. She's like, oh, I said Australia. I said Australia. Australia Eventually, and it was pretty waffly. I know, but mine's like totally emotionally driven. I just hope they win because they're at home. <laughs> Pick yeah. right. I'm the same though. Like I'm, I'm, I'm criticizing you, but I'm just kind of taking the piss, but I, yeah. I would be happy with whatever. I think there'll be two fabulous games, but I yeah. do think that we see an Australia and Sweden final. 
Amazing. Yeah. And a new winner. You're, you're no both what. wrong, but yeah. That's <laughs> Amazing, but you're both wrong. Yeah, yeah. No. That's what I love. Yeah. There will be a new winner. This time yes, yeah. I know. I agree. It's time for a new one. And I think it's just like the narrative and the script of this World for Cup, sure. right? I think it's a perfect fit. Love it. Totally. totally. Can, I, can I change topic really quickly? I wanna, yeah. I want you guys to. So I went on a hike and I want you. I didn't know where I was going for this hike until. Again, very, person listening to, to this podcast, this is words that are not new coming out of Rian's right mouth. I just knew it was a good <laughs> how a she approaches hike. life yes but I googled it right before I arrived because it was an overnight hike camping trip we're oh, climbing wow. south sister outside Ben and um I read this review weather changed rapidly even checked multiple weather apps the night before and morning off felt like I was gonna die rain hail snow 50 miles per hour winds with gusts Made it to the summit, but wanted to fall off or throw myself off the edge. I'm never coming back. <laughs> One star. I read that at the bottom. I'm like, what? You, you wrote happening? that or you read that? That was someone who had done the hike the day before me, this unfortunate fellow, Wyatt. And um, I spoke Ooh, about Wyatt. Wyatt the entire way up because there are now pictures of me collapsed on the way up. This <laughs> oh, my God. And the whole time I was like, should have listened to Wyatt. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe you read that and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going yeah. to show Wyatt was wrong. Wyatt was right. Listen to Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt knew what he was talking about. All right. Well, as long as there's not a review like that for the broadcast, we're fine. Yeah, I wanted to throw myself off the ledge. Perfect. Tune in next time. Perfect. The broadcast. But there you go, listener. You have your predictions for um, the winners of the semifinals, of who we think the finalists are going to be. Um, so you can go to TonyBet.ca for that, and Fubo TV um, slash Footy Prime for all your Premier League stuff. Which I think, how dare you, Premier League? How dare you start prior to the Women's World Cup being done? But totally. you can go there and watch some. Prem games, if that's what you would like, but Women's World Cup semifinals coming at you early on Tuesday morning and then Wednesday morning, right? I think we're Sunday. I'm Amy. That's Aaron. That's Ryan. Yeah, guys, we are queens. That's right. We are queens. And we're all fucking queens. (laughs) You've been listening to Footy Prime to Broadcast. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep broadening your horizons. Bye. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. <laughs> That's real. If you, had, if you had to like end the broadcast, what would you do? Ring sense. Oh, I wouldn't have to say that. Bye, queens. I was on <laughs> yes. with, my, with my cam hands out. Got it. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, you guys. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.